This episode is brought to you by WeTransfer.com. WeTransfer is all about making the creative process easier for everyone. They built their site to be the simplest way to share big files from A to B for free. There's no sign-in, no offer code, no password to forget. Just upload your file, send the email, and get back to making whatever it is you make. You know, like your pictures. So head on over to WeTransfer.com. You make, we transfer. You're listening to the Latitude Photography Podcast. It's the show about travel and nature photography, and I'm your host, Brent Bergherm. But before we get to the show, I just want to make a quick announcement, and that is regarding my summer workshops. I've got something going to Ireland and Croatia, and I just wanted to highlight a few items, especially in the Ireland, since that's the one coming up rather soon. That's happening in the tail end of June, that's starting June 24 and uh, actually arriving in town on the 23rd, but anyway, starting our shooting on the 24th. And that is, I've lowered the price a little bit. I was able to do that because I was, I ended up shifting up the itinerary just a little bit. We're going to spend more time at the Cliffs of Moher and the Burren, two great, fantastic places to go shoot uh, right on the coast there of Ireland. And then of course, just a little bit in, inland for the Burren. So head on over to my website, and this is my personal website this time, brentbergham.com. And then you'll see a link right across the top that says still some spots left in my Ireland and Croatia workshops. Or you can hit the travel with me button. And that's going to take you to the information on those workshops. So take a look there. And now let's get to the rest of the show. Hey, welcome back. It's great to be here again with you on another episode of Latitude Photography Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite places to shoot. And that is Whitman Mission. Whitman Mission is a place that's just about maybe five miles from my home in the county of Walla Walla in the southeast corner of Washington State. And it's a fantastic location for some landscape, for some historic items. What I really like about the place, when you drive in, it just becomes more and more peaceful, I guess you could say. Because, of course, this is a national monument and it's all based on the history of the place and the fact about you know the Whitman family and the people that came out with them, they established a mission that was right along the Oregon Trail. And so their purpose in life basically was to minister to and provide you know the necessary uh, support, whether it's just a place to rest for a couple of days or what have you, for the folks as they were coming out on the Oregon Trail and continuing to head west and uh, you know take up shop in the um, in the Oregon Territory and the like. So. Whitman Mission is not a huge place either, but it definitely has a good a good number of acres where you can stretch your legs. Uh, but it can easily be done in just a couple of hours if you're only walking. It can be done in probably, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes. If you're shooting, of course, then you just want to be there all the time. Certainly the early morning and the late evening are great times to show up and to shoot. And we're going to talk a little bit about some specific items that they have there. And I want to direct you to the show notes for this episode. And that's at the website, latitudephotographypodcast.com. And then it should be at least uh, right after this publishing, which is in uh, early May of 2018. You should be able to uh, see it there. It's just titled Whitman Mission. But you could also go latitudephotographypodcast.com slash episode slash Whitman, then a little hyphen or a dash, whatever you like to call it, and then mission and that will take you directly there. So let's get started with the details here. 
Uh, if we were to actually scroll all the way down to the bottom of that page, I put a Google map on there. And so you can just get a brief overview of what it's like and the lay of the land. And so if you hit the minus button a little bit, you'd be able to zoom out and you can see there's pretty much nothing surrounding it, nothing of significance. There's certainly farmland all around it and a few farmsteads, but otherwise it's it feels like it's pretty much out in the middle of nowhere. As we go to the images here, this is what I'm kind of using to springboard into the conversation. So you can follow along there, or if you're driving or whatever, don't worry about it. You know, I think you'll be just fine anyway. The first image I have to look at is actually of the obelisk. And up on top of the hill, when you come in and you walk, and if you go off to the left, uh, there's a nice visitor center there to the right, to right front and center. And if you go off to the left of that, and then you take the trail to the left, and you go around this little trees area, you go by what they call the Great Grave, uh, where several people are buried, and there's a nice granite uh, slab there that has all their names on it. And then you go up the hill, and that'll be a kind of a steep hill uh, that you're going up, but it's only about a quarter mile of a walk, maybe a little less. And then you get to the top of the hill, and you have this beautiful overview over the whole valley. And you can look to the east and you can see what they call the Blue Mountains. And I always have to. It's just it's just me. Sorry. But they they call it the Blue Mountains. And I can't just say, yeah, you can see the Blue Mountains because they're not mountains, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm from this area and originally from Illinois. So it's better than what we had in Illinois. But there's no way that you can, in my opinion, truly, truly call them mountains. But anyway, I'll try and um, refrain from such persnicketiness here in the future. So when you're up top there, you've got this beautiful overview of the valley. You can just look all around, 360 degree view. It's just gorgeous. And especially when you're there in the evening time. And then there was another time at night uh, where there was actually a really strong, this was several years ago, a really strong aurora borealis. And I was able to get just a touch of color coming through as I uh, framed up the, the obelisk. Uh, I don't have that particular picture on the website yet. Maybe I should get it up there. But the picture I do have, the first one, this is back in August 21 of last year, 2017, uh, where I set up and I photographed that obelisk as the moon was transitioning in front of the sun. And so that was that, uh, that solar eclipse that we were having, and they called it the Great American Eclipse. In Walla Walla, here at the uh, Women Mission in particular, we got about 97% coverage. So you'll see I have a transitional shot here where I composited these items in Photoshop. And it took, I don't know, a neighborhood of three hours in, in total to set up. But each shot is a 15 minute increment. And so you can see how right there in the middle, I was able to get just a very tiny sliver. Uh, this is a composite image. Uh, so I photographed the setup and then those little uh, discs, if you wanna call it that, where I have the moon coming in front of the sun, that was taken on a different uh, camera. And then uh, I took the, the original shots every 15 minutes, so I would know exactly where to place those items that I shot with the other camera. But this is a composite image uh, meant to represent uh, what was there, you know, as, as I was shooting. And uh, more importantly, I would say the vision that I had for it. I used the PhotoPills app to line up it was able to predict for me the exact position of where uh, that that little sliver would be. And then I used that to line up uh, with that obelisk. And all I had to do was wait. And that was fantastic. A little bit of history about this obelisk. In about uh, 1874, there were some people that were wanting to honor uh, Dr. Whitman. 
So they started trying to raise some funds. Didn't really go anywhere. But finally, in about 1897, they got some traction and they were able to uh, purchase some land. They purchased about uh, seven acres of land at a whole whopping $30 per acre, which, boy, that would be great. Uh, So then they ended up planning for a mausoleum and and some of these other things too. Really, we only have the monument there now, uh, this obelisk monument. So that is Vermont marble. And so it came all the way from Vermont. And the spire itself is 18 feet tall, but it's placed on a larger foundation. And so that in total with that foundation all the way to the top, that's 26 feet and 11 inches. They had a, a memorial observance planned for uh, Monday and Tuesday, November 29 and 30 of 1897. But some bad weather made kept that from happening as far as um, they, they finished in town, basically. So it was erected shortly after that. But anyway, it's a beautiful monument to, to try and line up with some different, uh, whether it's the sun, whether it's early morning, what have you. Uh, if you were to go to uh, one of the other images on the site, um, I've got uh, a shot where I was stepped uh, probably, I'm going to say, about 100 to 200 feet away. And then it's really late in the evening, so the sun is setting, and I framed up the the obelisk with the sun just pretty much hidden right behind it in the middle. And then uh, I've got some uh, kids, like teenagers or something like that, kind of sort of celebrating, doing some different poses, waving their arms up in the air and the like. So it turned out to be a really cool sunset-type image with these silhouettes. And that, that was the obelisk made a nice... Um, a nice subject for that. And then I've got other images where, you know, the clouds are just brilliantly ablaze because of the sunrise or sunset. Good subject for sure. But that's the top of the hill. And sometimes, you know, just depending on your physical abilities, you might get a little winded when you're going up there. But it is a paved track all the way up there. So it's really not that that big of a deal. Thing about Whitman too, well, of course I live here in this in this same area, the same region, so it's easy for me to get out there all the time. But the the different seasons of the park it, are just marvelous as well. The second image I have uh, right next to what they call Mill Pond. And the Mill Pond is where uh, they had a little bit of a um, creek came in, created this pond, and then at the end of the pond, they put a, a mill where they could grind their, their flour, you know, their wheat into flour and whatnot. But I have some bird tracks, you know, a heron track or something like that, just walking by. And then the grasses that are on the edge of the pond. And then the tracks are visible in the snow. And there's just, you know, any season is just gorgeous there in Whitman Mission for sure. Another neat thing that's kind of cool about Whitman Mission, it's right next to a state managed area. So of course this is federally managed. And then there's an area that's managed by the state park system. And there's a little break in the fence you can hop on over into there. And then that's where the Walla Walla River comes through. So, and then there's no improvements. There's no, it's all rustic. It's all, you know, either dead trees, new trees growing, it's just a nice rustic area and the river is just winding through and there are lots of different compositions you can make. And so it's just like a little bonus almost because it's so close. You just park right there at Whitman Mission and then you can walk on over to this other area for these these places that are just, you know, extra rustic or extra not the manicured look that Whitman Mission does have for itself. But certainly there's some places over that do look manicured. I went there in the spring and uh, got some nice uh, foliage around one of these uh little twigs that had fallen. I mean, it's just 
I could just go on and on. It's just really a nice place. Back to the this idea of, of the mill pond, there's lots of different compositions you can make because there's uh, different undulations of the land. You've got grasses growing right on the edge and across on the far side where they don't allow people to walk because that's a, a natural area for the animals, you know, whether it's turtles or bullfrogs or herons or whatever else. That's where there's a, a cluster of trees and that reflects in the pond itself. And that's uh, an absolutely gorgeous uh, item to set up. I got a couple black and white pictures uh, of that on the site. And then there's uh, another picture in the um, slider that I have on there where it's a, a color image and just the brilliant colors of the sky, the reflecting the water, wonderful greenery around it. It's a great place. Uh, I had mentioned the Oregon Trail and that Whitman Mission was right on the Oregon Trail. Certainly, I encourage you to look up some history about the Oregon Trail so you can kind of understand a little more of what that's about holistically. But as it relates to this specific location, we have a an area where they, I, I call them like a replica ruts because certainly it was so long ago, they can't be the original real ruts as it were. But we do have wagon wheel ruts that you can walk along. I would say it's roughly a half a mile worth of of that. And then they have this beautiful uh, wooden fence that goes right along it too. So tons of compositions coming along there. Uh, many times, especially in the wintertime uh, in this area, especially, let's see, in uh, February, January and February, we get lots of fog and it likes to just hang around. A lot of times people can get depressed in the fog. But when I start thinking, hmm, I want to go out to Whitman Mission, I'll just think of the fog and think of the different compositions I can make with that fence, with the road, or I should not say the road, with a path just kind of going off. It's pretty much a straight path, though. There's no areas where it just will meander through or anything like that. But it's all right. It's it's still a good a good path to, to shoot. And then that fence, uh, I've got an image there, too, where in the early early morning, I was able to get a shot of the moon as it was just starting to set. And so it's this nice, beautiful color. The sun had yet to come up over the horizon. And then I've got the moon there, nice and bright, just hovering over the fences. Uh, and then the path, of course, is coming right in. And it's just a good opportunity for that. So certainly, you know, you'd want to watch your, your moon phases or your moon uh, timings, get that PhotoPills app again. It'll tell you when the moon sets and and rises and all that good stuff. So you can place it exactly where you want to be uh, and get there when you need to be there when, when the moon is doing its thing. Uh, so the next few images I have there, uh, just some of the uh, foliage that they have at the park. Most of it is really just like a wide open lawn. And then they got an area where there's just uh, some wild grasses and lots of uh, lots of pheasants will certainly live in those grasses and, and have hatch their young and the like. But they do have a small cluster of sumac trees that in the fall time, they just go crazy red, which is beautiful. In this region, we don't have that many uh, trees that, that have the fall color. And it can get, I don't know, it can get kind of annoying because, you know, we all love fall color as photographers, and we're looking for, uh, oftentimes, especially in the Northeast, we're looking for those calendars or, you know, those prediction websites that'll get you there when you need to be there and at the peak time for those colors. And that just doesn't happen so much here in the Northwest because everything is pretty much evergreen trees. And so when we do have some color, it's something that, at least for me, I tend to celebrate a whole lot. 
But what I did here on these uh, certainly have uh, some just straight up shots where just grabbing the, the nice texture of the leaves and whatnot and the patterns that they create, the vibrant colors of the transition from some are still pretty green, some are vibrant red and beautiful. But I also did some other where I dragged the shutter speed. So I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe half a second, three quarters of a second, maybe in a full second. And so I'll just take it on my tripod, the camera on my tripod, and I'll practice a few times where I'll uh, expose the image while I'm panning up and down. And the reason I go up and down is because these tree trunks, they're vertical elements, and I'm able to accentuate the verticality of those tree trunks while having that color just feel like it's raining down. And when I first shot these, I called this series of images Raining Aspens, totally misunderstanding that they weren't even Aspens at all. I was pretty naive uh, a long time ago anyway. But then I found out they were sumac and I was like, oh yeah, well, I should change it to, to Raining Sumac. So with your technique, it does take some practice and you can do it handheld, but I found that mounting it on the tripod is a lot easier uh, to just get predictable results. What's even better is if you have a gimbal tripod head because then you basically get really smooth results with that. Your standard ball head, yeah, you'll probably get some pretty smooth results, but there's the, the occasion where it might just subtly stick a little bit here, a little bit there. And so it's real nice to be able to, with that gimbal head, just whoosh, nice and smooth. So anyway, uh, there's also just some other uh, foliage there, some other uh, plant life. If you like macro photography, there's going to be a bunch of stuff there, whether it's the little berries on some of the trees. Uh, I've got a picture here where I've got this huge thing. It looks like a huge dandelion. It's obviously not a dandelion, but it's just a huge uh, item that looks like a dandelion that's gone to seed. And then I framed up the sun behind it. I actually, on this uh, particular shot, I used my uh, 150 to 600 millimeter Sigma lens that I have in the rental inventory. And that lens allows you to focus so closely, it's almost, it, it kind of feels like it gives you a sense of, of a certain macro feel. Uh, but because of the bouquet and how the sun was treated, it uh, it made the sun just grow really huge in size. And so I was able to have that sun go behind that element with all those little different seed pockets or parachute items. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not a botanist or anything like that. But anyway, I got several shots, probably too many shots of that subject because it was just looking real good. Certainly with an image like that, I'm tripod mounting and just not having to you know struggle with my arms or anything like that. I've got a panoramic image, which is, you know, there's so many different opportunities, whether you're up on top of the hill where the obelisk is, whether you're down below where the trail is, maybe it's over at the mill pond, maybe it's in one of the other areas. I haven't even talked about the TP and the wagon that they set up either. There's just so many different opportunities for a panoramic. So if you like panoramics, it's a great place for that. And finally, let's dive in a little bit about that TP and about that uh, wagon. They have a, a replica wagon that they set up and they will pull it out onto the, the, uh, the Oregon Trail area. Sometimes they put it in a different location, but usually if it's out on display, it's going to be on the Oregon Trail and they'll move it to different locations from week to week or month to month, what have you. 
And sometimes I put out this, this replica teepee, which usually you can actually walk into. I think it's a really neat idea for them to put that up because certainly the, the Whitmans, while they were trying to also serve the people that were coming out on the Oregon Trail, they were doing their, their mission work too, to reach the Indians and create an establishment there to start a relationship with the, the Native Americans that were in the region. Of course, I haven't even approached yet what ended up happening, and that is there was a measles epidemic in early, early 1847. The Whitmans and the people that were living there and coming through, certainly they had built up immunities, so they weren't getting sick, but the the tribes around them, they were getting sick, and they kind of effectively had enough. You know, they put two and two together, they had enough, and so in November 29, it did take them a while, but on November 29, 1847, uh, what we call the Whitman Massacre happened, where most of the people that were at the mission, they were slaughtered. Uh, and then a few months later, in January of 1850, so actually that was a couple of years later, uh, the the trial happened of the Whitman killers. So there was, you know, tensions were were pretty high after that. And now, of course, and today, we, we just have a nice visitor center to where we can look at the different uh, aspects of the Native cultures. We can look at the aspects, and they also have the brick outlines of where those buildings were. So as you walk around, you would be able to see and kind of sort of paint in your mind's eye, you know, this is where that structure is, that's where that structure was, and you can get a lay of the land, a feel for the lay of the land there. So in short, it's a fantastic place to shoot, and I hope you get an opportunity to come out this way and photograph in the beautiful Walla Walla Valley. And um, if you do, don't bypass Whitman Mission. It's a great place. Admission is free, and they're open daily from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and the visitor center is open at 9 to 4. And pretty much while it closes at 4.30, there's no gate or anything like that. So you're able to stay there later, uh, usually. And so if you do stay late, though, you can usually have no problem walking around the grounds. Uh, it is something I've seen them patrol it uh, after dusk. So if you're wanting to get some nighttime shots, you might run yourself into a little bit of trouble uh, that way. But, uh, you know, it just depends if they're doing their, their patrols or not. So thank you for listening. I hope you'd enjoyed this episode, this brief little uh, vignette on what it's like to uh, shoot at Whitman Mission National Historic Site. So please do hit that subscribe button. And I'd also like to bring your attention to a gear giveaway that I'm doing for the podcast. With this gear giveaway, all you'll have to do, there's a couple of, a couple of ways to enter, and I'm going to have... Uh, a page on my, I should say, I'm going to have a post on my website, the latitudephotographypodcast.com website with all the instructions and all the terms and all that good stuff. But I'll just give you a little teaser now. I have, thanks to MindShift Gear and Think Tank Photo, they've uh, provided me some items for you to have as a giveaway. So I'm really excited. Their new bag, the Exposure 15, I'm going to give away, and I have it in their solar flare color, so it's kind of a gray silvery uh, flap on top, and then it has a nice orange uh, trim. I think it's really attractive, and I really like that one. 
they sent me the two bags, the Exposure 15 and the Exposure 13. And then I've got this other one from Think Tank Photo. This is an Urban Disguise 40. It's a fantastic bag built for your 13-inch computer users and a slightly smaller bag, of course, than the Exposure 15. So uh, then I also have my friend Greg Benz. He's giving away one copy of his Lumenzia version 5. So uh, on the next episode, I should have everything figured out as it relates to the exact what you have to do. This is just a little teaser I wanted to kind of get you excited. Think about telling your friends to subscribe uh, so they can hear more. So thank you very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, happy shooting. So thank you very much for listening. I, too loud. It does take some practice, and you can do a handhold. And so that is Vermont Mabel.